0: Welcome to the Chocolate Cake Bites Podcast. This is a podcast where we're going to discuss, understand, maybe even sometimes challenge Latter day Saint culture. I'm your host, Ken Williams. The opinions, attitudes, ideas, and thoughts that we discuss are those of the hosts and guests, do not in any way reflect the official doctrines or stances of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Thanks for listening, and welcome to this week's conversation. Good morning, and welcome to another episode of the Chuckle Cake Bites podcast. I think it's good morning every day, any time, any time of the day. And we have your favorite co-host with us.
1: I'm a fan favorite.
0: (laughs) The most often referenced person on the podcast, which is my sister, Annette. We were going to have Mark, and I was just going to have him sit and listen quietly in the corner.
1: We can pretend he's here.
0: We can, but he decided to uh, go on a business trip, so he is out of the state. (laughs) So I shouldn't even reference him because he thinks that that is important, but anyways...
1: Well, he's pretty great,
0: but <laughs> he's all right. I'm better. <laughs> Walking behind you too earlier today, I thought, man, I can't tell which one's which. I have better hair. <laughs> that's such a bunch of And I'm the
1: one in a dress. <laughs> <laughs>
0: no, that's right. That's right. So today, we're gonna to talk about behavior, and we've talked a little bit about behavior um, in past episodes last week, we talked about uh, some things that that people do especially how we can handle how we can navigate when somebody has lost interest in the church, whether they make it a formal declaration by having their name removed or by um, making some announcement or if they just kind of fade away. And kind of alongside that, one of the things that I grew up culturally with was the idea that if we can just get people to do the right behaviors, if we can just get them to do the right thing, if we can just get them to sit in Sunday school class, if we can just get them to go on a mission, if we can just get them out the door to seminary every day, then everything's going to be okay. They'll get their testimony and life will be fantastic. So Annette, you've been a seminary teacher. I have. So tell I've
1: me. also been a seminary student.
0: I, I remember those days. <laughs> <laughs> so talk. tell me about... If I have that thought, because I have two kids still at home who have uh, varying degrees of enthusiasm when it comes to any fair, any fair. activity, whether it's a church or not, um, is, is getting them out the door, getting them into seminary, getting them on a mission, is that going to solve everything? This could be a very short episode. Depending <laughs> <on>. <laughs>
1: um, I'm going to go with a no on that. <laughs>
0: Is that based on your student time or your teacher time? Both. Uh-huh.
1: Definitely both. Okay. Um, yeah, I think that's fed by the scripture, which I think is in the Old Testament, of train up a child in the way that he will go, okay. and when he's old, he will not depart from it. I think we misunderstand that.
0: Right. Sean, I alluded to it. I don't remember if he mentioned that last week, but he alluded to that. But. Um,
1: We think that means do all the right things, and then our kids are going to do all the right things. Right. When, I don't think it means that. Okay. What do you think it means? I think it means we don't need to worry about it. It's not our problem. Our problem is train our kids, the youth that we interact with in callings, our own children, Uh um, train them up in the way that they should go. Okay. And then it's somebody else's problem to worry about, and that would be the Lord's.
0: Okay. So question, (laughs) because I'm still, I'm working on this for myself still. So if I have, let's just suppose I have a daughter, which I do. Weird. So I have two of them. They are weird, but Allison. No, I won't say, I won't say a specific daughter. Let's just suppose I have a daughter. We'll call
1: her Sheila. (laughs) (laughs) Sheila.
0: But it was Allison. But we'll call her <laughs> Sheila. So Trek comes, okay. and she's got some moderate interest. And uh, I think we talked about this in a recent, uh, a recent episode, but I knew it was going to be a great experience for her. And she had some something happen at school. It was the last day of school, and things just did not go the way she thought. So she came home. She was in a bad mood, and she was not going anywhere. <laughs> And I was not going to have that. So I made sure. Forced. Okay, that seems a little bit strong. But yes, I picked her up and took her into the car. And yeah, I strongly encouraged. I enforced her agency to do what I wanted her to do. She
1: could choose to have a good attitude or a bad attitude. That's true. But that was about the
0: only thing that I allowed her to to choose. So uh, we talked about this with Cindy um, a couple weeks ago when we talked about boundaries. And city has some great insights, but but as we take maybe a different angle on that, getting my kids to do what I think is the right thing for them, whether it's going to trek or youth conference or seminary or going on a mission or going to school or going to um, work every day or whatever it is, um, why is that not enough? What's (laughs) what? How can I do my responsibility if I don't get to seminary every day? It's
1: that pesky thing called agency. It's like, I know. Dang it. Uh, we want our own, but we don't want anybody else to have theirs. Because I'll let you have yours as
0: long as you do what I tell you you should Right, do,
1: right. As long as you, you exercise it the way that I think is appropriate. Exactly. And, and so because we each come with our own distinct personalities mm-hmm. and we get to exercise our agency, what was good enough for me might not be good enough for one of my kids so when you say good enough what do you mean well like so barry i mean my husband um always knew that the church was true Mm -hmm. never doubted never questioned just had some fantastic amazing experiences as a kid that just solidified that for him so a Mm -hmm. lot of miracles happen and doesn't understand why anybody would question the church okay well i have questioned a lot mm-hmm. and I don't think there's anything wrong with not questioning. And I even more think there's absolutely nothing wrong with questioning. Right. I think we were encouraged to question. Mm-hmm. And so I questioned a lot. I struggled with, we talked about force. So I struggled with, um, people doing things that they knew that they shouldn't be doing because right. it, they were taught better and doing them anyway. And, and some of the hip- hypocrisy there and, And so I, I needed to know for myself. So Mm -hmm. we have, we have some kids that have questioned Mm -hmm. and we have some kids that have had not no questions. They're just like this, this logically makes perfect sense. I'm just going to go with it. And, and, and he said, I don't, I don't understand. I don't understand why they won't just do this. Yeah. And, and then we have those great conversations of, (laughs) well, then you have to trust me because I get it Right. because I went down that road where I had to figure it out for myself And listening to other people's experiences, reading all the Jack Whalen books, reading all of those Mm -hmm. things, and it wasn't good enough for me. I had to wait until I had had that own experience. And I I could say, this is actually what I want more than I want these other things. And so for Mm -hmm. me, it wasn't enough to just say.
0: Just go through the motions. I mean,
1: I didn't graduate from seminary, but that was a technicality. Okay. Um,
0: And wait, 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 wait. You're still active, and you I mean, didn't graduate from seminary.
1: I that's yes. I I have a temple recommend, <laughs> and I did not graduate from seminary.
0: Is it valid? That's the real question. It's
1: signed. <laughs> okay. I think. I think. Uh,
0: wow.
1: Yeah, I did not. I did earn my personal progress medallion back mm-hmm. when they did that, and um, but I didn't want it. Because I felt like it was really dumb to do those things to get a medallion when they're uh, just things you should be doing anyway. Right. So I wasn't motivated by I by guess. that process. I just thought, well, if we're supposed to be good, these are the things we're supposed to be doing anyway. Right. Because we're supposed to be good people, good mm-hmm. humans. And and I didn't do it to get that, mm-hmm. so I don't want it. Which was also a...
0: <laughs> I can imagine. Teenage that attitude. <laughs> Knowing like, both of our parents and I love both of our parents. Yes. But knowing both of our parents, I can see that, that would be and that would have been an interesting discussion, how yeah. that played out.
1: Well, I wasn't gonna do the program at all. And right. then I had a young woman's leader who, I mean, had some really fantastic young woman leaders that loved me mm-hmm. anyway. And they kind of went over the thing and they're like, well, you've done all of the things. I wasn't tr- actively trying to do it. Right. And I told dad, who was bishop at the time, I'm not doing it. I'm not going up on the stand. Mm-hmm. I don't, this is dumb. I think the whole thing's dumb. And so he just tossed it to me as we were passing each other in the hallway. <laughs> That's awesome. And, that sounds like
0: dad too. Yeah.
1: And, and he was okay with it, mm-hmm. you know, and, you know, it was like, you've, you've done the things, whether you meant to or not. And right. I think I was probably a little annoyed that I had accidentally done the things, <laughs> Because I was struggling with my testimony sure. and, and what I wanted going forward. Yeah. And and so yeah, for some people it's just not good. It's not enough. They need more than just checking those boxes off.
0: And for those of us on the sidelines, <laughs> that's frustrating. It can't be. It, yeah I
1: think it's more frustrating if you haven't walked that path if you've walked that path there's a level of understanding okay. of like the nod to i've been there before mm-hmm. and respect for the journey they'll get there at some point right and um and so but if you haven't had that path uh-huh. if you haven't really truly questioned and gone through some of those things then you don't it would be terribly terribly frustrating you're
0: not, you're, not, you're not part of that club,
1: yeah, oh, I'm in a club sweet yes finally <laughs> yeah. i mean we have we have yeah, a child yeah. that that he's he's currently not wanting to be involved in the church in his mm-hmm. life, and he doesn't have i is that i'm aware of you know negative feelings, but you know for my husband he's like, i don't get it yeah. i don't I don't get it, you know we did all of those things, mm-hmm. he participated in all of those things, and I just keep saying. It's okay. Right. It's absolutely okay for him to take a different path. It's all about getting to the destination. There's right. lots of different ways to get there.
0: So, and and the thing that I have struggled with in in my my own personal interpretation of church culture, and comparing that with doctrine. And I, every time we talk, I love bringing yeah. up this this
1: uh, my soapbox. One of them,
0: <laughs> <laughs> culture versus versus doctrine, or doctrine as culture. But I remember, as a missionary, we would teach people that no, there's only one path. And in Portugal, where I served, the, there was a saying that that all roads lead lead to Rome. And we would try to def- mm-hmm. we would try to argue against that, saying no, there's one path, and the path is the Church of Jesus Christ Latter-day Saints, and baptism, then confirmation, then temple <laughs> endowment, then marriage sealing, and slip in there and, and ordination to the priesthood for the, uh, for the men. And that's the path. And so, in my naivete, I don't know <laughs> if I said that right, but I wanted to sound super smart. Oh, you did. Did it work? You <laughs>
1: did. Wow.
0: <laughs> I would, I would be at least inward, inwardly critical, um, of people that, that were off that quote unquote established path because I thought, um, and it would be it could it could be simple things. it could be innocuous things like um, coming home from church on Sunday and changing your clothes or not changing your clothes. Well, the right path, of course is you don't change your clothes. you stay in your church clothes all day because I think we did that as a kid, and when oh, I was a kid I didn't and
1: I was rebellious. <laughs> so
0: <laughs> Now I do it because it just means that I'm more righteous than everybody. but <laughs> that is not why I do it, just in case there's any concern <laughs> but um i had 100 percent attendance in seminary for four years and that was a technicality by the way because there was one day that i missed because we went to a funeral but i made up the day and my teacher agreed to count it as a day wow. and not just a made-up tape, but four years 100 percent. and um i'm not convinced that that gave me a any level of testimony other than um, it added to my level of pride that I'm better than everybody because I, <laughs> you didn't graduate and I had a four years perfect attendance. Yeah. What is wrong with you?
1: <laughs> I mean, the list goes on. Oh
0: my goodness. So, um, the question then is, and this is something I think we've explored a little bit. I don't know that we've had an episode where we've we've really spent the majority of the time talking about um we did kind of talk about it last week with uh with sean but how do i how do i navigate letting you use your agency in a way that's going to get you on hopefully on a path or to the path or along the path in a way that's going to get you back to where I hope you end up... That was a long, maybe awkward... That was, way, a, ri- a, that
1: was a great question. Okay. Oh, wait, What sense? was it again? <laughs> oh, great. Uh, so the thought that actually came to my mind is that great cliched saying of you can lead a horse to water, mm-hmm. but you can't make him drink. And I think that's exactly the same thing. You provide opportunities for the youth or the young adults or the adults mm-hmm. to feel genuine love, whether that's ministering through chocolate cake or cookies or cinnamon rolls or phone calls or letters or flowers or whatever it is that people are ministering to, Mm -hmm. I think it comes down to just being loved and knowing that that love is not contingent on their membership or activity in the church or participation in Relief Society or other activities. Um, I have a really good friend that one of her dear friends was having a faith crisis Mm -hmm. and ended up walking away from the church and members of the congregation told her that she needed to cut ties with that friend because otherwise she would end up leaving too.
0: It's going to drag her down.
1: Yeah. And I think that that was a terrible response from members of our own faith to to not just be loving what that, sister who was having a faith crisis and decided to step away needed yeah. was her friends to stay her friends Sure. to have, to maintain those relationships and not have it be contingent on her Sunday attendance. Right. And so I think it just comes down to loving. I mean, that's, that's really genuinely all that we're supposed to do here on this, this earth. We're supposed to be loving to right. everybody, whether we agree with their choices or not, instead right. of just loving them when we agree with their choices or they do the choices we think that they should do.
0: That's true. So this really ties in well with what we talked about last week. Last week it was specifically with, when we we're dealing with kids. But, um, I think, I think you're right that loving others has the same priority or the same weight. It's, um, we were talking earlier before we were, before now, before now, <laughs> earlier. Yeah, we talk occasionally. Sometimes. <laughs> so we, um, we're talking about the idea of, um projects. Nobody wants to be a project.
1: No, nobody wants to be a project.
0: And so talk about the the um, to not implicate anybody. You were talking about the the mass visits oh, in yes. some random place that may or may I not I heard have been.
1: about. I heard about this <laughs> happening in the church where they pick a month that's, des- that's designated as the rescue month. Mm-hmm. And so the men break out after sacrament meeting and go and visit every I think everybody that either that hasn't had a visit that quarter, or I don't know how it's all measured or tracked, and just to make sure that everybody's been visited. Mm-hmm. And if I was on the receiving end, of and I have been on the receiving end of the check in the box, trying mm-hmm. to get you to come back or right. whatever, and it, it actually just repels me. It, it just makes me... But, and I don't know if that's like a a characteristic of my genetic pool. (laughs) It's
0: a Williams thing. But no, I don't think it's a Williams thing. I think it's a human thing. Yeah. Um, So. And I think
1: it's, it's, it can be confused. Being a checklist can be confused for somebody's attempt to love. Right. So like you might think you're being loving by doing something, but maybe Mm -hmm. if that's not that person's love language with chocolate cake, like that's a universal love language almost. Sure.
0: Butter, anyway. I mean,
1: butter <laughs> and right sugar. You put those together and magic right. happens. But that's not, you're just like, hey, I was thinking about you. and mm-hmm. I want, There's no strings attached to that visit. Right. There's no, also, we would love to see you at church on Sunday. Right. There's, there's none of that. It's just, yeah. hey.
0: I was thinking about you. I was thinking about
1: you, and I thought I'd bring you some cake.
0: Right.
1: I did that. I did that. I don't know if I ever told you this. I've done that Probably occasionally. Enough. There was a lady that um, worked at a gas station that had crushed ice I, I love crushed ice. Uh, so we'd go there and she just was, she had like a mohawk mullet combination. Just a really fun, every time, doesn't matter who walked in. Hey, how you doing today? And uh, she, we'd just chat and then um, got to be pretty close with her. And then after I had my, My brain surgery, I I didn't go for a while because I couldn't drive. Uh And when I finally went back in, she's like, where have you been? I haven't seen you for ages. And I told her and and we chatted and she gave me a really big hug. I'm so glad you're okay. And then one day Sierra and I had made some cake and she's like, let's take it to Rhonda. Mm -hmm. And I was like, cool, let's go. That's awesome. And we'll get some soda, Some (laughs) some crushed ice. And so I took it to her. And she was cleaning the coffee machine. I had her headphones in, and I tapped her on the shoulder. I'm like, hey, my daughter and I thought that you might need some cake. Mm-hmm. And and I gave it to her. <laughs> and it was a little bit weird because, you know, and, and she got tearied, teary-eyed wow. and gave me a big hug. Thank you so much. And then when I was in the next time, she punched me in the shoulder because <laughs> she ate the whole thing in one sitting. <laughs>
0: This is why I do small cakes. So if somebody yeah, this was (laughs) this
1: was like the four by six one, and then um, when she, I happened to go in one day and she was in tears and she says I was I had been hoping and praying that you would come in, wow, because today's my last day, and I had cinnamon rolls for her that day that I was just like I'm gonna take Rhonda some cinnamon rolls that's awesome and so on the the lid you know it's kind of cardboard I wrote Uh my phone number. Cool. We still text. I mean, this has been a couple of years ago. We still text. She'll text me, hey, Merry Christmas. I hope you guys had a good day. She works at about an hour and a half away. We've gone there, down there to, to visit her. Wow. And um, I have no idea as far as what, if she believes in any sort of organized. I, I don't know. But right. I do know that we've made each other feel very loved and welcomed. Right. And I think that is what we should be striving for in our in our interactions and I think you'd see changes in the attitudes of adults and mm-hmm. youth if that was the focus. Wouldn't
0: that be great? That would be so awesome if yeah, we're just loving people, no strings attached. It's not if you come to church.
1: Mm-hmm. Or if you not, don't have a tattoo or a piercing. Right. Or you're not dressed a way that I think is appropriate for the event or right.
0: you're really what it boils down to is There's nothing about you that makes me feel uncomfortable. Yeah. And so I'm going to all express love.
1: But then that love, you're really just expressing approval. That's true. That is... You're just expressing approval. So approval
0: versus love. How do we express love instead of approval? Because... We talked about this a little bit last week, and I can't remember. Sean and I had a great conversation a little bit before we recorded and a little bit after. And and I can't remember whether we said all the great things that we were talking about while we were recording. But the idea that um, a parent with a child, or it could be a ministering brother or sister with a ministering family, that I love you even though you're doing these things that I disapprove of or that I disagree with. And the way that we really express it is... I'll love you. Uh, I'll start loving you when you when you start doing the things that I love. I don't know if that makes any sense. Yeah. Am I making any sense?
1: A little bit, yeah.
0: So that means I have to think about a different way of saying it. <laughs> so, Wait, were you uh, trying to ask a question? <laughs> Maybe. Let me let me formulate my thoughts here. And maybe I'll turn it into okay. a question.
1: Okay, while you're formulating, let me share a thought that came to my okay. mind when you are talking about this. Um, years ago, this is about loving people and accepting. Mm-hmm. Years ago, one of my daughters that's older um, came home, and she said, Mom, and told me one of her friends, dear friends at school, had come out to her mm-hmm. that he was gay. And she said, can I, can I, is it okay if I'm still friends with him? Mm-hmm. And my response was, I would be disappointed if you weren't friends with him. And she was a little bit worried about as far as what the church's stance was. Like, are are we allowed to associate with... And we had a wonderful conversation about how, like, that shouldn't contribute or detract from how you feel about a person. Mm -hmm. Like, you already loved him as a friend, and this should change... Nothing right. as far as you know, we talked about how it's not like he has
0: purple hair or something like that.
1: I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> and so, I think that that is loving, mm-hmm. you know, like you, and it is a lot easier to love somebody if you know them, true. You know, it, it's a lot easier to love somebody if you are vested in that relationship mm-hmm. than if it maybe it's just a stewardship and you don't necessarily love that person, then maybe what they're wearing or how they talk or how they're spending their free time might really bother you.
0: That's true. So talk a little bit about the idea about approval and the... um, How... Because approval... One of the things that I hear, and we referenced it last week, one of the things that I hear is that I don't want to... Make I don't want my my friend, family member, whatever it is. Th- I don't want them to think that I approve of their bad choices. If they're living a lifestyle that does it that I don't, don't agree with, whether it's drugs, alcohol, sex, drugs. I said drugs twice. Maybe it's two different kinds of drugs. But
1: yeah, there's the, pr- the prescription and then the non-prescription. That's right.
0: It could be rated R movies. It could be rated PG thirteen movies. It could be. Um, Whatever, whatever it might be, I don't want them to think that I approve of that. And so, how do you, how do you behave in a way, or are you going to make me come out and say this whole question? Right, you're mm-hmm. not going to. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm building the runway as I'm trying to land. Yes. Trying to explain.
1: I'm enjoying this. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I appreciate that. Um, is there a risk? Is there a danger? in not changing your the way you treat somebody when they're, we'll just call it sin. They're, they're, they're doing something wrong. And so I don't want them to think that I approve of their sin, and so I'm going to do something different. Talk about that.
1: Well, the first thing that comes to my mind is, are they asking for your approval?
0: Okay. Maybe,
1: maybe not. Probably not. If they're not asking for your approval, then... It doesn't really matter what you think. Like, what's more important? What's more important? Them maintaining the relationship? Or, I mean, I have lots of friends who fit into the LGBTQ plus category. Mm -hmm. I have lots of friends that do drugs. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, legal ones, you know, in states where it's legal. Or Mm -hmm. drink alcohol or smoke Mm -hmm. or vape or... Dress in a way that I wouldn't dress, um, just because I'm really boring. Like especially in my dress, I'm like jeans and a t-shirt, um, and I I enjoy it because it gives me variety. Mm-hmm. I like thinking outside of my own comfort box. Uh, right. I like learning about other people's perspective, and I did for a while when I was. Working with the youth when I was younger, I I was really worried about that. Like, if they they post this picture of them in this skimpy little bikini, and I like the picture, am I endorsing the behavior? And what I've learned in the senses, it doesn't really matter. I'm not endorsing anything, right? But what I am doing is saying, I accept you. And I love you as you are. Right. You don't have to be living a certain lifestyle in order to have my love or my acceptance. Okay.
0: I like that idea. So how do we, how do we make that a practical application when you have um, a ministering family? You go visit, visit a ministering sister and you can see that she's making decisions that are not consistent with that path that you think she should be on.
1: Because... So you answer the, she answers the door and she's smoking? We'll just just put a random thing. That's right. Yeah. Well, me personally, Mm -hmm. the first question is, um, what's more important? If I'm a a sign-administering sister, then Mm -hmm. my first thought is I need to build a relationship with this person. I need to get to know them, let them get to know me. And because it's a lot easier to be accepting and loving to somebody that you know and that you like. Yeah. And I've had people that have either been assigned to me as a visiting teacher or ministering sister, or vice versa, that I've become dear, dear friends with, and other people that no connection. Um, yeah, there just wasn't a connection there, but we're so nice to each other. Sure, you know, I just and so you have to get to know them first. and then There's it won't something
0: that, that I have experienced in the past um, when you talk about knowing the people that you that you um, serve or that you minister to. Um, There's something that I call formula home teachers. Fortunately, that doesn't exist anymore because home teaching doesn't exist anymore. But formula home teachers are the people, when they say, well, we'll see you at 5 o'clock, they walk up the door, they ring the doorbell at 5 o'clock. It's not 501, it's not 459, it's at 5 o'clock. And you can count on on them being there for 30 minutes and not a minute longer. At at, uh, 529, they're wrapping up the closing prayer and asking, is there anything we can do to help you out? And so... They provide a service they're there there's somebody that you can that you can they check reach a box. Out to, but they check a box i've also had people that minister to me that i absolutely feel like i'll tell you a story about a, a ministering brother that um texted me randomly <laughs> which almost uh, never is random but um he just texted and said i work nights and so it was like six in the morning so Ken, are, are you getting out of work soon? And I said, a oh, funny thing, I'm not actually at work. I was home with COVID. And <laughs> they wouldn't let me go to work. I felt fine, but they wouldn't let me in. And so he switched um, from kind of a, a jovial, joking mood to seriously, what do you need? What do you need from me? And I said, actually, I could use a gallon of milk because I can't go to the store. Yeah. And... Marcin was working crazy hours. I just... I I just need a gallon of milk. All right. Well... So that afternoon, he texts me. I'm at the store. What do you need? Nothing, really. But I could probably, you know... A couple of eggs, maybe. And maybe some... I don't know. Orange juice, whatever. <laughs> and so he comes... My favorite thing. Five dozen eggs he brings.
1: Holy mackerel. How many people eggs? are living in your house? <laughs> Four.
0: <laughs> so... The funny thing is that he got COVID. He
1: probably wanted cake.
0: <laughs> he got COVID. And so I reach out to him. It works out. I'm his ministering brother. He's my ministering brother. Nice. And I have discussed with the elders corn president that this is not to change. And so far, it has not changed. It's been wonderful. But I reached out to him and I said, hey, seriously, what do you need? How many dozen eggs do you need me to bring over? And he said, I can only digest them in cake form.
1: So I love it so
0: I bring over cake because I still own about four dozen eggs <laughs> in cake form but um, I think that that building the relationship is super important and
1: well the, the question changes when you have a relationship from is there anything to do for your family mm-hmm. the question changes right to to be something a little bit more personal and might even be the same words but the meaning is different right and. I, I had a, a visiting teacher this was a while ago and she yeah. just said, we had a great relationship and she said, you know, you can call me if you need anything. Mm-hmm. And I said, I do. And you know that I will call you. And I, I, you know, the times that I did, I did reach out to her and right. she knew what I needed was to not have somebody come over and sit and talk and with me for for 30 minutes and check the box. She knew that I needed a friend mm-hmm. She knew, and she was happy to fill that. And we have a, a connection and have clicked. And, and she was also super respectful of like, I'm like, seriously, just check in with me with a text mm-hmm. or a phone call or something. And I promise you, because we had the relationship, right. I will reach out to you if I need something. And so it doesn't even have to be, you know, we had, who was it, Brother Shulkin's? Was our our home teacher he was the best home teacher he was so great (laughs) he was so great and he would come over but he also he knew our names I feel like he knew our birthdays
0: it seems like he did
1: and and he would do little have little treats or snacks for us
0: the snacks the treats those were great right Bishop
1: was it Bishop Hunter that always had if you shook his hand he'd give (laughs) you a piece of candy I'm like I'll shake anybody's hand for a piece of candy
0: (laughs) good days good days
1: so it's just, it's about, yeah, it's about the having some sort of connection, which takes effort.
0: It does take effort. It takes And it, it may take some time as well, because people, I think, need to recognize that there's not an ulterior motive.
1: Mm-hmm. You're not
0: reaching out because you want them to come back to church or because you well, want and them you to... And you can't
1: reach out because you want them to come back to church if they're not actively attending. That's that true. can't be the reason that you reach out.
0: That's true. And that's... And that may take some time to convey mm-hmm. that whether or not you come to church, not important.
1: It doesn't matter, and it's not that it doesn't matter. Right. It's not that has nothing to do that's with why I'm priority. reaching out. Right. Yeah.
0: That's that's true, and I think a lot of times in our righteous efforts, we can easily get misguided. And we were talking earlier, and you you use the word uh, stewardship, mm-hmm. and. In contrast, you used... Ownership. Ownership, okay.
1: Yeah, I'll give a shout-out to Real Talk. Come follow me with Nice. Gamelin and Scott I, owe you, I
0: If Gamelin ever listens to that, this, I need some it. chocolate cake.
1: <laughs> I should have brought some out. You should have. Rude.
0: Oh, dang it. I've got a growing list of people that I owe cake to. Okay. Which, by the way, I heard... I heard... We went to a funeral today, and... Um, and Talene mm-hmm. said, so did you hear, <laughs> I guess at their family reunion, um, I don't remember if it was Denise, somebody passed out copies of the book. Nice. And so now apparently I owe the whole family, which is like 816 people.
1: That is, <laughs> that's at least 800. <laughs> that is a pretty people. close
0: estimate. Chocolate cakes. Might everybody. be
1: 817.
0: That's true. I can't remember who's had kids with it but, um, talk about stewardship versus ownership.
1: Well, now I'm going to have to remember what they said better oh, than goodness. I currently <laughs> do. Um, but they talked about sometimes in our callings and then in our families too. We mm-hmm. we take ownership instead of stewardship. Right. And our children, you know, for people that have children, they're stewardship. We have that stewardship responsibility and um, that was eye opening for me, but it was mind blowing for for Barry uh-huh. when we were talking about it. I had him listen to that episode as you're going
0: through this. This is with your your son that was
1: talking him, and then also just in his in his church callings, right. you know. And the I think Scott Swanson talked specifically about being a bishop, uh-huh. and and you know he's been in bishoprics before, and sometimes has struggled with. The ownership of the calling and right. he's like I just need to change how I'm looking at some of these things it doesn't reflect poorly on me if you're in ownership you think it reflects poorly on you if somebody's not doing which I guess brings us back to the your first question of whatever you asked
0: <laughs> <laughs> Well, and, and the reason I brought it back up or brought it up uh, was because if I assume that my children's or child's Um, approach to following the quote path Mm -hmm. that I think he or she should follow. If that is an ownership context for me and they deviate, then that's a failure on on my part. Yes. If I have stewardship, then my responsibility shifts and they then have agency as they, as they exercise their agency then their deviation from the quote path is just a part of the path. Yeah. It's not it doesn't reflect positively or negatively on me. It just it's their path that they're choosing.
1: And that that's how you get to where you can respect their agency. Mm Mm-hmm. And you might not like the choices that, you know, the youth that you work with or your own children are making, but it makes it a little bit easier if you're not in an ownership mindset to support them right. anyway. Um, and, you know, I have some, I served in the Young Woman off and on for mm-hmm. the last, a lot years. of years. And um, I love it. And I had a, I was ch- chatting with one of the girls who's, She's in her 20s. I don't know how old anybody is anymore. I stopped counting after 18. And she had a tattoo. Mm -hmm. And I said, that is a really cool tattoo. Tell me the story Mm -hmm. about it. And she told me the story about the tattoo. And then she's like, oh, I have this other one too. Mm -hmm. And, And I could tell, and I could be wrong. It felt like she was nervous for what I would say.
0: Because she didn't know whether you were a safe place yet.
1: She didn't know right like she thought i might be i think just based on previous interactions uh-huh. and and
0: your question was a probably wasn't an accusatory what were you thinking
1: no i said like, tell me the story about that like most people have a story about their tattoo uh-huh. like what's the story behind that one and and she told me the one i was like oh my gosh i said that is a beautiful story uh-huh. i think that's wonderful that and she says i don't think i'll ever regret this and and i was like then that's even better, mm-hmm. you know, because you have this beautiful story to go with this tattoo. And then she's like, well, I have this other one. And I was like, okay, that's actually really cute. <laughs> like, and, and I felt, and I could be wrong, but I felt like there was some relief on her part mm-hmm. of, she was not going to get judgment from me. Right. Would I get out of tattoo? Maybe. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think we talked about that. I mm-hmm. might, it would be something that would be deeply meaningful and it would be for me. Mm-hmm. And, um, but I know a lot of people that would never consider getting a tattoo and right. therefore don't think anybody, anybody should have tattoos. But right. if our church really is welcome to everyone, which mm-hmm. is what the sign says, right. and and we are a hospital mm-hmm. and not a... whatever the opposite of that is.
0: <laughs> a museum. Yeah, It's not a museum for saints. It's a hospital for sinners.
1: Yeah. We really are. It should be a hospital for sinners. Then there should yeah. be no shame coming... As we all are imperfect, all of us.
0: So, talk about that lesson that you, you were Uh-oh. talking about—the lesson from Dad.
1: Lesson from Dad.
0: Remember, it was this. This is the problem with having a sister who has a brain tumor, right? We had a great conversation, and I said, "Remember this for tonight when we record." And she has no idea what I'm talking about now. The the lesson where he writes all the. Oh sins.
1: yeah yeah yeah! I'm not going to do it justice at all, but. When I was a teenager, I think Dad was either in the bishopric or the young men's. Um,
0: He was in one of the two. Yeah, worked with the
1: youth. And he had us all set us in, I think it was either Sunday school, probably, maybe young women. And we sat down and listed all of the sins that we could think of, from stealing a grape out of the barrel at the grocery store, back Mm -hmm. when they did that, to mass murderer. Mm -hmm. And we, we wrote them all on the chalkboard. And then he had us rank them from the least offensive to the greatest offensive mm-hmm. and then he asked us to draw a line where like you were still okay to be in god's presence like where's the line there and you know of course we, we didn't know mm-hmm. and you know there was like well i mean like stealing a piece of gum like that's not very bad it's definitely less bad than like murdering somebody and then ultimately ended up with him a, teaching the lesson of there is no line mm-hmm. because if you have any sin that's unrepented of whether it's stealing a piece of gum out of right. your mom's purse uh-huh. when she told you not to or murdering somebody not so to equate unclean. the two things you're still not worthy to be in the presence of god right
0: unclean is unclean it doesn't matter how unclean it's yeah. still unclean
1: unclean is unclean and if we know that no unclean thing can be in god's presence and so whether you sped, which mm-hmm. is against the law, right. or, you know...
0: I'd argue that's a transgression. Ran a, a red
1: light. <laughs> you know, but there's that pesky article of faith about we believe in honoring, obeying, and that's sustaining. right. Dang it. Dang, law of the land. <laughs> but for me as a teenager, that, that really shaped the way I think about sin. Mm-hmm. Sin is sin. Right, like it's not like I'm better than the murderers that are in prison because at least I didn't kill somebody. Because if I have sin that I don't address uh-huh. and take care of, I still can't be in God's presence. Right, and so,
0: so that I think changes the perspective for me, anyways. When we when we talk about loving somebody versus approving, um, it kind of takes that whole issue of approving out of the equation mm-hmm. because I'm a sinner, you're a sinner. My sense. We used to. We to, sin differently. We sin different, differently. I may not have the the uh, the stink of tattoo, or a stink of, not tattoo. I just want a stink of tobacco. Uh, it's getting light tattoos don't stink that
1: usually. I don't know.
0: Maybe some of them do. Depends maybe. on the ink. I guess. Could
1: maybe. I don't, I don't know. know. So the stink scratch.
0: <laughs> scratch and sniff tattoos. So great. Chocolate. But if 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 my sin doesn't stink the same way that your sin does.
1: Or is it, this visible?
0: Right. It, because it may be more visible. You have somebody who's who's got the um, the outward uh, evidence mm-hmm. of their mistakes or their sins. It doesn't change the fact um, that we're- To be
1: clear, we're not saying if you get a, t- a tattoo, no, you stink no, no, or no. you're a sinner.
0: You might stink, but that's not has nothing to do with the tattoo. It has nothing to do with the tattoo. <laughs> no. The episode that we did with Annette, I had told her that I had endorsed her tattoo idea. And um, I stand by that. <laughs> but if if, <clears throat> if we can recognize that my judgment of you is hypocritical, hypocritical because I'm as unworthy as you are, because as a person... In this earth life, I am unworthy. That's just... And the great thing about the plan of salvation is the the atonement is not the backup. No. The, The atonement is the plan.
1: That is the plan. The
0: opportunity to repent is the plan. And the only way we can repent is by having had mistakes. Yeah. You can't repent of nothing. Right. And there is... I would say there is zero expectation that our Father in Heaven has that we're going to make it through this life perfect.
1: Oh, zero. 100% expectation that we're going to screw up, which mm -hmm. is why He gave us the plan.
0: And so when I think about it that way, it seems so unkind for me to be judgmental of you for any reason, because I have at least that much reason of myself to be judgmental. Am I making sense? Mm -hmm. Okay, good. (laughs) We're, we're in the same boat. We're both making mistakes. We're both trying to learn from our own experience. What's right. What's wrong. How do we get to where we want to be from where we are and to impose expectations on somebody else that, that your path has to look like, I want it to look. Exactly. It is so See, we actually made it back to the and We did. We're there. The <laughs> it's a good thing. Um so your path may not include or may not may include not being engaged with the church for some period of time. Your path may include not straying from that covenant path, so to speak, f- like what you described with Barry. Mhm. But there's not one that's right and one that's wrong.
1: No. And like and so like to go back to your mission, like the destination, there's one destination. Mm-hmm. That's there's not one, there's lots of ways to get there. Right. And I love the the analogy from the Chronicles of Narnia with I think it's the little the littlest girl sees Aslan and is like we should go over here and they kind of blow her off and so they get wherever they're going it's just a lot harder it takes a little bit longer Mm -hmm. and so I think it's the same way like the destination is the same we want Mm -hmm. to be back with our savior again and some of us are going to take a harder path right and some of us are going to take a less hard path Uh and that doesn't mean if you took the easy way that it's better
0: right different is not bad no it's just different,
1: and for me, like I had a, a little bit of a rocky path to get to where I am now, but it made me more compassionate. Mm-hmm. It made me um, be a little bit more patient and loving, especially with youth mm-hmm. that are, or even adults that are struggling
0: with whatever that might be. With
1: yeah, whether whatever it's it church related or not, you know, mm-hmm. and. Whereas somebody that didn't have to go through those struggles, they don't, underst- they don't understand them. They're, that's not bad. It's just, it's hard to understand something you've never experienced.
0: Right. I, and I love the, the, uh, the contrast between you and Barry, that because of your, that rockiness of your path, you have a totally different experience with people that are going through that same type of experience than what he's had. And, um, I, I think it's great to kind of open up, uh, the, the possibilities of what that might be. I think, and I, again, I don't remember if if this was part of the recording (laughs) last week with Sean, but he said that, um, nothing is permanent. The fact that you're on or off the path right now is not permanent. It could easily change tomorrow. And, um, the fact that somebody has strayed or has left what I think they should be doing, it's not permanent. Mm-hmm. They could easily come back. And when they come back, if you look at the parable of the the, uh, the Lord of the Vineyard, it doesn't matter if they come back today or in 50 years. Mm-hmm. They came back. They came back. And so I need to make it. This is me preaching to myself, by the way.
1: Good, because I want to <laughs> see some pounding on the that's table.
0: That's right. I, I don't want to pound because I don't want to make too much noise for anybody. But um, that's where I need to, to let God be God. Let him work with his children the way that he works with his children. Be a steward rather than an owner of other people's paths. I'm an owner of my path, mm-hmm. but I'm a steward of other people's paths, whether that's my child my um, ministering family my neighbor whoever it is whoever that neighbor might be um and not take ownership for their their mistakes but still love them for who they are yeah did i did i capture it all i think so yeah okay good that means we're <laughs> about done <laughs> we've solved the problem today Sweet. <laughs> anything you want to add before we wrap it up
1: it's just about love it's just about loving people, loving them, even if they're doing something different than you did or have done or mm-hmm. would do, loving them no matter what their religious affiliation is, right. because they're still our brothers and sisters, True. Um, and loving them even when they dress in a way you wouldn't dress or mm-hmm. do their hair in a way that you wouldn't do it or pierce something or tattoo something, and being trying to be a safe place mm-hmm. for for them to be their genuine self. Because I think that's that's when the magic happens. Right When they know that they're loved and they're not a project and they're not a checkbox. And sometimes it takes longer with people than others. That's when the magic actually will happen. And I think it goes back to similar to what um, Alma felt when he was in that despair right. for those days. And then he cast his mind on that thing that his dad had said. Right. And I think... That's when they cast their mind to, I felt really good when I was with Ken or with mm-hmm. Annette or with Barry or whoever it is. Mm-hmm. And then it might be days, weeks, months, years, decades. Right. But then if they know that you're that place because all you've ever shown to them is love, then, and that has nothing to do with their their membership in the church. That's just...
0: Right. It shouldn't. Um, yeah. I love I love the idea. And love doesn't mean endorse. No. So I think about I think about my son and your son. They know where we stand. Oh, yeah. So we can love them in their goofy choices. Yeah. And there's no question in their minds where we stand on their choices. But there shouldn't be any question in their minds either on where we stand on loving them. Yeah. So... I love that. Love is the answer. This has come up in more than one episode. Maybe there, there's something to it.
1: There might be something to it.
0: There's, it seems like there are two commandments. There's one about love, God, and love.
1: I thought there was ten.
0: Others. Well, there are two.
1: Two big ones. <laughs> <laughs> the two,
0: what do they call that? The two,
1: the the two, two great, great commandments. Great commandments, yes. Yes.
0: The two important commandments. Yes. We can put whatever
1: the top. Adjective. The top two, <laughs> love and love. And love. That's what it boils down
0: to. So that's all we've got this week. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to us have our brother-sister uh, jabs and banter. It was fun for us.
1: I could bring jabs. <laughs>
0: that's right. Bring Tim Tabs. I'll let you bring jabs. Sweet. It's a deal. <laughs> Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to Chocolate Cake Bites. Please like, share, subscribe, and give us a five-star rating to review. We'd love to hear your comments and ideas, and you can reach out to me at ken at chocolatecakebites.com. And before you end the day, take a few minutes to consider, who do you know who needs chocolate cake?